This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. It's 99.9 KISW. Metal Shop is the name of the show. And right now on the phone, I got a guy named, uh, let me make sure I got this right, okay? No botch. Greg Sirwanka, is that correct? You did. All right, man. He's a guitarist for Take Offense. Keep an eye out is available now on Pure Noise Records. Uh, they're going to be playing Vera Project here in Seattle on Sunday, January 26th with Higher Power. Uh, first off, man, happy holidays. Like, how do you do you celebrate Christmas with a family? Is it a solo thing? You, you and a girlfriend or wife? Or how do you do it for the holidays? Uh, well, it's pretty much my girlfriend and I bouncing back between, you know, her mom's house and then my parents' house. So it's the uh, the balance, the juggling act of uh, trying to, like, hit all the families, hit all the siblings, uh, and, like, try not to, like, gorge yourself with food and pass out or fall asleep in between transit. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Are, is it, are they relatively close together? Yeah, we're all in San Diego area, so it's, like, 25-minute drive in between, so not that bad. Dude, I gotta say, man, I'm envious of you. It's it's raining. It's, it's heinous up here. Of course, classic Northwest. What's the weather like down there? Is it is it gorgeous and just like the best weather right well, now? Well, actually, actually, this week in particular, the past three days, uh, we're getting some pretty cold mornings. So uh-huh. a cold morning for San Diego would be maybe forty degrees, <laughs> which I mean. That's kind of cold, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, uh, considering, yeah, it's it's definitely cold for uh, yeah, for San Diego. That's for yeah, for something that stays seventy degrees pretty much all year long. Uh, you know, as soon as it hits like thirty nine degrees or forty degrees, I mean, people are freaking out. Uh, we are like layering up, and obviously, anyone, I mean, you guys up there and anyone else in the country just looks at us and just laughs. Hey, man, but but at the same time. During the summer, I'm sure you guys got to deal with some pretty intense weather. So, you know, it's it's on you. So, what's uh, what's yeah, like the it, hottest uh, it was this summer? I actually, uh, we'd get some high 90s. You know, sometimes it would get close to 100. I work. Uh, I'm a carpenter, so I do construction so oh. usually out all the time. So, yep. uh, definitely not fun to be doing that around like June, July, especially if you're doing roofing or any type of that kind of work. Oh man, where you're just getting you're getting beat by it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we can, we can hit 99 to over a hundred sometimes. So that's usually how it hits. Dude, look at us. We're old men. We're not talking about the music. We're just talking about weather. <laughs> exactly. Weather, family, like how, yep. you, how you have balancing the holidays, everything. But Hey, that all factors into the music hey, though, you know? Absolutely, man. It keeps you your, a good, calm mindset. And, uh, but I do have to ask you, man, we talked about this this past weekend on Metal Shop. So we all know that video of that kid who just freaks out when he gets a Nintendo 64 for Christmas. Uh, what is the coolest Christmas present you ever got as a kid? Was there ever one time where your, your mind was blown while you were unwrapping some presents? Oh, it would probably be my first instrument, which was a bass. Nice. Guitar. Yeah, so I got a, a four-string Squire bass. I begged my parents for one, 
this was probably when I was like sixth grade. Uh, and uh, just kept begging and begging and begging, and I got one finally, just like that, you know, your first model squire base. Yeah. And I was kind of like a shy, quiet, little introvert, pretty pretty generic musician tale, and uh, didn't really have like a niche. And then, you know, I got that and picked it up and started just hitting it. And then I was like, oh, this this is what I'm going to do. This this all makes sense now. So that's that's probably nothing's going to top that one, I think. So you started out on the bass. So what? How long did you stick with that? And then when did you switch over to, you know, playing a six string? Uh, I did maybe bass for like two years. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was one of those like classic, uh, my friend hit me up to be like, Hey, let's, let's start a punk band. Right. And I mm-hmm. was already kind of on the fence of like, Oh, I need, I kind of want to play an instrument, but I really don't have like a reason to. Yeah. Uh, and then he hit, he was like, yeah, get a bass. Right. So I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll grab one. He got the guitar. I got the bass. And then, you know, I took to it, started practicing and, uh, say within about like a year and a half, he had given up, and uh, I bought his guitar for twenty dollars off of him. Twenty so bucks. Kind of yeah, so I kind of switched, but I'm really glad that I I started with bass first because, and that goes you know with like a lot of metal music too, and uh, it's very like underappreciated instrument, and it just usually. You get a guitar player that wants to play. You're gonna get your bass player is gonna be a guitar player. You're not gonna get like a bass player or someone that started out and saw good examples of actual bass playing. So I'm kind of glad I was able to get that or kind of get like a, a a way to attack the bass where it's just not guitar guy playing bass. You know? For sure. I mean, there's certainly a way to just you know duplicate what the guitar player is playing and you can just kind of ride along with it and go along with it but it, i mean there's so many bases that really stand out you know and we're talking about like uh uh you know suicidal tendencies or bands like um uh there's like all you know all kinds of bands and and, and you guys too uh, a lot of kind of more groovy almost funky style of uh bass playing it's just it's 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 its own instrument you know so make it count yeah, you can. It's it's all about making it fit, and you don't ever have to just mirror what the guitars are doing. You can, you know, stay kind of within like the root note and kind of do your own thing. It, it's just like the balance act. But now yeah, you definitely uh, bass playing is incredibly important. So, so now you know. Fast forward however many years, and you're are you now? Uh, do you have any companies that you work with as far as like being a guitarist, or are you sponsored by anyone, or you have endorsements? Man, I am not sponsored by anybody. So if you're listening uh, to this, guitar, you're listening to this. Guitar, hook this guy up. Yeah, I mean, yo, that'd be great, man. If uh, anyone anyone wants to throw me a guitar, that'd be that'd be super appreciative of that. So, what's your hookup though for the gear nerds out there? Uh oh, man. I mean, you know, my, I guess my number one pick. I mean, I've I've rocked Jackson since I was in high school. Okay. So, I mean. That's really like my dream. That's that's what I want the yeah. most. I mean, it's just one of those you stick. I don't know. I've I've kind of played them all, and there's just something about just the name Jackson. Yeah. And yeah, I just I just I can't think of. I don't ever see myself playing anything else. So. Fair enough. 
Dude, uh, so let's get into the album, man. The the album we've been playing, it's called Keep an Eye Out. It's available now. Uh, you guys signed to Pure Noise Records. Um, how did that come about? I mean, that's quite a move. They're, they got bands like Terror. They got bands like, I mean, that Knock Loose record was insane. I saw that Knock Loose CD at Target. Um, and now you guys are uh, label mates with them. Uh, how did things come about, and uh, how did you get on the Pure Noise radar? Yeah, so we actually... Uh, the first record that we put out back in 2011 was this record called Tables Will Turn that was on a record label called Reaper Records. Oh, yeah. And I know Reaper. Yeah. So we did uh, our first tour ever in the United States. Uh, we played Sacramento area, and uh, the guy who booked it was this dude named Cahill. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, he is an A&R at Paranoid. So he's always been a big fan of the band, and he's always liked us. So, you know, we did our first record, did an EP, did our second record, and, and toured really hard. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to do the band full-time, but, you know, typical story of, you know, life getting in the way. And, oh, you know, yeah. you got to... Southern California's expensive, man. You oh, yeah. Have to build so, uh, but I know, you know, I know up in Seattle and the Northwest, you know, you guys are having the same issues with rent and all that wonderful stuff that you could do a whole other interview about oh yeah but so anyways uh yeah we had to kind of pump the brakes and just you know kind of get situated and and a kind of in a good way with that it was kind of a long time period because our last record came out in 2013 yeah so six six years like a, i was gonna ask years. yeah what kept six you guys years. away for so long i mean mostly just you know hey i need to pay my rent so hey, just life yeah Life, yeah, life gets in. And then also, too, we kind of became a little bit more selective with our touring because, you know, when you're younger, you'd be like, dude, hit it, road dog, right? You know, it, who cares? Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years of that, you're like, all right, maybe we should hold out for this one or maybe we should hold out for that one. Uh, and I kind of think maybe some of the, the touring landscape changed a little bit oh, yeah. uh, because I'd say there was kind of an increase in um like festivals, you know. Oh yeah. So it kind of it kind of took maybe not your band touring throughout the year, but mostly oh you can kind of just hit festivals. So we kind of saw like the landscape change a little bit, mm -hmm. so where maybe bands weren't as you know road warriors they used to be. You can do select um, tours, yeah. Exactly. So back to the pure noise thing, um, but this entire time period, you know, I never stopped writing and our, our singer Anthony never stopped, you know, writing riffs and yeah. ideas and lyrics. And I mean, I mean, you know, if you keep playing your instrument and you want to, I was like, well, I want to try to get better at playing my guitar, you know, and of course. Uh, six years of that and just kind of listening to other music and getting a little older and kind of like refining your sound. Uh, and the way I would come up with songs is, you know, I, I write a riff and I keep picking at it and picking at it and picking at it until I am completely satisfied. I'm not just going to like put out, you know, record 20 or 30 songs and pick five that stick. Like the ones that I'm working on, I will work on them to death. So I'm like absolutely like happy with it. So that's kind of what, keep an eye out is kind of like six years of that in development and nice. the last the last ep that we did tensions on high which came out on flat spot records mm -hmm. those songs were also supposed to be 
uh, on Keep an Eye Out as well, which would have made that like a 15-song record. Wow. Uh, but the thing is, is that right around that time period, you know, we had uh, a guy named Mike Messina approach us, who he manages uh, Excel and Toxic Holocaust. Okay, so and, he's uh, keyed into the thrash world. Yeah, but he's actually an, an old... Uh, He's going to be bummed here and call him old, but fuck it, whatever, Mike, you're old. He's um, a boomer. Just kidding. He's a boomer. Okay, no, he, boomer. He's Gen, he, he's Gen X, but <laughs> so anyways, he saw us playing with Agnostic Front uh, in, in San Diego, which are you know, good friends of ours, yeah. and he approached us and he said, hey, has anyone ever tried to manage you or try to get certain things, like not anything going for you? And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, no. Yeah, being so like he, he from like hardcore DIY world, you're just like, what do you what do you talk about, man? I don't know. <laughs> but what was cool about him is that he's from originally Chula Vista, where the band is from, and Hell yeah. he you know comes from like the Chula Vista like hardcore scene. So okay. we had older heads vouch for him too, because you never know with a manager guy. Yeah. You hear all the horror stories, and you're like, yeah, sure. So you know he kind of helped light a fire. And kind of give us a little bit more of like a push and kind of a like more of a strategy thing. So that's how we kind of slowly started getting the the ball rolling again. And then uh, you know we started shopping for you know labels to be interested. And you know we had some meetings with some uh, you know some ghosted us. Some were kind of interested and kind of the whole process of what a band goes through when you sure. have the songs and you have the material, and, and you have, like, the vision and the plan. And uh, Pure Noise was the one where, you know, back to where, you know, we felt comfortable with that because Cahill booked our first show in Sacramento yeah. in 2011, so there's there's history there. And also, you know, a band like Terror being on it, which is like a, you know, uh, huge Terror has, has helped us out in so many ways. They, yeah, uh, produced the record. Uh, they've always looked out for us. So them being on it and kind of just doing your homework and hearing, well, who's happy on a label and not hearing anything bad coming out from that uh, from that camp at all. And you know, did a little homework. And, you know, looked over the deal, yada, yada, and it all made sense. It was pretty low risk, and we were like, hey, let's do it. And it's good for them because they yeah. have, seems they have a little bit more pull with, like, either younger generations. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, which is good because I think with, with our band, we can kind of, if you're a, an older head, you're going to hear the influences immediately and, and dig it. But if you're a younger kid, you know, it might be kind of like the first time you're hearing something like this. Of course, yeah. And I don't know, we're kind of just this hodgepodge, you know, Frankenstein thing where we, or we, they can just kind of, you can kind of throw, take offense in any lineup, and I'm confident that we're we're going to win people over, you know. I could see you guys on a thrash show. I could see you on like a death metal show, a hardcore show, like a street punk show. You guys have a a good uh, you know blend of stuff, and and uh, your guys is you're a very talented band. And uh, man, yeah, I, I I can't see anything but success going with uh, that record label. And uh, also, I think rotting outs on that label too now. 
Yeah, and another reason why, you know, signing with them was also kind of like a no-brainer. Yeah. Which Ronnie Out is another, you know, really good friends of ours. We've toured with them. So, you know, uh, that's kind of how it just all eventually led to that direction. And, yeah, and, you know, back to what you said where we could, you know, play like a death metal band or a street punk band. I mean, that's all stuff that we were listening to when we were growing up. And, you know, we're all kind of, fans of all the genres of this stuff yeah. and I people can always kind of see that definitely man um was uh <clears throat> now I hate to bring it up because we just talked about you know being working on the record and stuff but you know when when a band's away for you know a few years you always have to ask and uh obviously it's not didn't happen like this but was there ever a time where you thought about you know, maybe ending it and, you know, was there ever any talk about just, you know, giving up and not doing take offense or were you always, did you always know you were going to come back to it? Oh, every week it was, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> every week, every week, every day. Uh, and, and the band was uh, close to, I wouldn't say breaking up, but kind of doing a, uh, like maybe a kind of official hiatus type deal where sure. like, hey, you know, you'll see us when you'll see us kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, because that's, you know, you know, one of the things with the hardcore punk scene is that you're always getting kind of like a newer, you know, every six months to a year, you have like a new generation of kids. Oh, yeah. And they kind of want to see or maybe they want to see something current that they yep. can relate to. So if you, if you've been around for like two or three years, it's like, you're, you're kind of like a dinosaur. Yeah. In a lot of ways, which is, which is a major bummer because, uh, you know, I, I kind of can compare that to where how quick, uh, rap moves right now. You oh, know, absolutely, where, man. Yeah. Like a, like a rapper, uh, will come out and then, you know, shelf life is like, maybe they're lucky they can get a year or two. And it's like, boom, next thing, next thing. And I'm seeing a lot of that with, uh, kind of within like the hardcore scene, which is, I don't know, geared into internet culture, which then you, we could also do a whole other radio oh, yeah. segment or talk about that. But. Cause you gotta, you know, if, if you're not relevant, then you got to put out another EP, you got to put it out another thing. You got to make the memes, you got to have an online presence. You got to, you know, do some controversy. You got to, you know, it's like, dude, like, uh, whatever happened to just like putting a record out, touring, going away for a while and, and having fans like enjoy that record. But Hey, we're in a culture right now where everything is so and sudden and instant and 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 everyone's new everyone wants a new fa fancy thing and i'm guilty of it too you know like there's records that i totally forgot i loved this year i was doing like my end of the year thing and like top records and i was like oh man I, there was like records that i listened to for quite a while and loved and completely you know fell off the list i was like what the hell man Oh, because it's, I mean, it's this information sensory overload yeah. every, every day, you know, so it's, it's super easy for you to be like, oh, shit. like, yeah, I was, I was completely, you know, infatuated with some, some record for like a month in like the beginning of the year and I have no idea about it now. So yeah, which is just kind of like a sign of the times, but like going back to, you know, yeah, that, that, that time period, I mean, that, that can totally you too because yeah. it, you're like oh f man like is any is anyone gonna care all that kind of stuff that i think every artist uh you know maybe in certain interviews they'll say that they don't think about that but everyone f 
it does. Yeah. You know, obviously. Uh, so it can be, you could be your kind of your own worst enemy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, but at the end of the, the day, like we, no matter what, would have like put out the record and recorded the songs just, just to get them finished and just to have it out. Yeah. And just to be like, we, we did this like to like a, you know, completing something. So, but yeah, that, all that factors in and, very close to the band could have went on a on a really long hiatus, but uh, you know, our manager Mike uh, mentally conned me into keeping going for maybe like another year. So hey, thanks, Mike. He's got his work cut, <laughs> well, he's got his work cut out for him. Nice, dude. Uh, well, okay, so we were talking about you know everything being so instant and, and music constantly coming at us and everything, but let's go back to like a, a simpler time, if you will. Let's think back to like uh, just growing up and what was the first you know album? What was the first tape, CD, whatever physical form of uh, of music that you remember purchasing on your own, not being given or 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 handed down, but the first one that you actually bought on your own? Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was a uh, a Ren and Stimpy tape. Nice, dude. <laughs> so that that was my happy, first happy, first. joy, joy. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So that was because uh, you know, like we went to because I I was uh, my pops is in the Navy, so okay, yeah. I originally lived in uh, Virginia. We were stationed in Virginia Beach. I forgot the name of the record store, but I went in there and I you know saw the. Random Stimpy cassette tape, and I was like, "Why? Well, I, I have to have this because this is all my young mind knows." Oh yeah. But uh, you know, I had a brother. My brother Mike is three years older than me, so you know, this is like as born in '88. So mm-hmm. This is right around '91, '92, '93. So obviously, two huge records. You have you know Black Album from Metallica. Oh yeah. They're like the biggest band in the world at that time. And then obviously. Uh, you know, from your neck of the woods, every band cranking out releases. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What band are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, there's like this whole thing kind of in your area, kind of like the early first couple of very early 90s. I think there's about like three or four of them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of obscure. <laughs> no one's ever heard of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, obviously... That and then, you know, uh, those were kind of like the first things I was listening to was, you know, my brother was three years older older than me, so, you know, he had Black Album on cassette, yeah. so I was listening to that, and then I was listening to, like, obviously, you know, accessible radio, rock radio yeah. stuff. Yeah, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots. Green Day, all that but then what's funny is because if you like that stuff, you will eventually want to work your way back and find where all of that is rooted in. Yeah. And then that is where, I mean, that's kind of where the journey goes to where you get in, I get into like everything that I'm into. So, let, but, yeah, like what was the first, okay. way band. Yeah, so those are gateway bands, but then what, uh, do you remember, I mean, you guys come from the hardcore scene, and which is, you know, kind of rooted in the punk scene, uh, you know, obviously you guys have a lot of thrash metal influences, uh, were you into f- metal first, or punk, or hardcore, like, where was, like, uh, ground zero for you? Yeah, so, I was kind of like a sponge, okay. um, in sixth grade and, and middle school, so I was, I was kind of just listening and getting 
you know, snippets of a ton of, ton of shit. Like, I knew punk kids, so, you know, I remember getting, you know, Sex Pistols, never mind the bollocks, you know, uh, getting that record and being like, oh, this is this is different than this radio, like, accessible radio punk shit I've heard, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And then if you, you get that opens your door to, like, 77 punk, and that's going to open you're going to go down that portal. But then, you know, I was playing bass and I was hanging out just kind of jamming with whoever. So I would, you know, kind of hang out with like a dude that's a more like metal dude, you know, and he'd be like, Oh, Hey, check out like, so you like black here, master of puppets, you know, or have you heard the first, have you heard the first Slayer record? Like, have you heard this, you know? So it's just kind of like sponging around and kind of, uh, getting snippets of stuff, you know, and I remember getting out of high school and I had a, I had a homie who was, who was already into like pretty like death metal. So I'm, you know, he opens up his like CD booklet where we, everyone puts like the, uh, you know, the, the CD booklet in like the cover in there. Oh yeah. The I CD, still got like, mine. You organize that. So, you know, he's got all your classic, like Florida death metal, you Hell know, yeah. like, every, every young kid seeing like cannibal records for the first time. You're like, looking behind your shoulder like are we allowed to have this kind of <laughs> and then it just makes it that much cooler because you're like that's a skull even uh that's dead <laughs> yeah you immediately are like 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 you like now like everything you're listening to is is secretive <laughs> yeah because because if anyone looks at it they're gonna be like you're gonna get put on a list <laughs> like that yep. kind of shit you know? And then there's, uh, uh, I'm sure the the rap stuff too from that time and uh, like all that is just super, you know, aggressive and like you probably don't want your parents knowing about that stuff too. So, yeah, totally. And you know, my brother, you know, was was into skateboarding, so you know, like watch any old skate videos, and there's it's such a mix of stuff where yeah. you're hearing like hip hop and punk. So you know, the first, I guess, you know, the first hardcore record i heard was uh his friend gave him a a cassette copy of, of black black damage nice and yes. i specifically remember him playing the song room 13 and i was like yo this is raw is you know and yeah. i remember like checking that out and then going to the bookstore and i remember getting uh that roland's book get in the van oh yeah which is you know hearing that and then you open that book and you know, he's already, like, telling you, oh, these bands from this region, from this region, you know, like, all the all the history and, and that kind of stuff. And then right around that time when I'm in high school, uh, I start getting in tune with, like, the local hardcore scene and the hardcore punk scene there. And, uh, but, but it all kind of, like, clicked with, with hardcore music because it was, like, attainable and... When like street punk was really big, but all the street punks were just like too <laughs> up and yeah. too sloppy to where it's just like, well, I don't want to play them because it's you know it's kind of like a joke how bad it sounds. But then you know metal stuff just seems like oh like if I really want to do this, like I just got to be putting in the hours in my room. Yeah, and like hardcore is just like yo, I can like like write songs. It's got like the aggression of punk but it's got like organization to it you know and there's like kind of like a mission statement behind it where you're gonna like click up and 
you're going to get together and you're going to be in tune with the scene. And luckily at that time. And it's and super immediate. It's a super immediate. Like you could almost just like write a demo and then play it on stage within like a week and, and nobody would say, be saying to you. Exactly. You know, it's just like it's like a, a make things happen, you know, music genre where, you know, if you're on it and you have the energy behind it, the passion, like like you said, you can make a band, boom, cut a demo in a week, play a show that month. And that was like really appealing to me and just the community behind it. And uh, just like I said, like an obtainable thing and just going to like, you know, uh, like your first, like kind of like first, like little hardcore show, and like seeing just like the energy and just like sing along and like pile ons and just the whole chaos of a hardcore show. I was just yeah. like, dude, this is it. I'm f-ing like, like this is this is like this is it for me. I love this. So yeah, I just like I've been to the hardcore scene in my area and met because uh, other members of because. Uh, Chula Vista is like a big city within the county of San Diego. Yeah. So there's all these different high schools in Chula Vista. So uh, the other members, of three or yeah, three or four members would take offense with another high school. But I had a buddy who was on the local hockey team, Chula Vista Hawks, and Ruben, the rhythm guitar player, take offense, was on the Hawks as well. And he told my buddy, like, oh, hey, we kind of need a second guitar player. And I had already met Ruben before and it seemed take offense at a local backyard show where it was common. It would be like three street punk bands, one hardcore band, like a grindcore band and a death metal band, you know, nice. total yes. chaos kind of, mm-hmm. but super fun shows, you know, just like kids wilding out. And, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, take offense is sick because it's a, a band within like my age group and they're playing hardcore punk. And this is cool. And, yeah, uh, my buddy Ricky was like, yeah, here, Ruben, hit up Greg. So he hit me up on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Ooh, yeah, my, shout out AOL. Millennials listening to this. Yep. And uh, yeah, I convinced my mom to uh, drop me off at his garage and go in there. And we, I learned, I already learned, knew all the songs and we started playing them. And they were like, uh, yeah, hey, do you want to play your first show tonight? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm in the band. And uh, that was that was in 2005. Yeah, I pulled so, up your I pulled up your metal archives uh, uh, encyclopedia metalum uh, little page here, and it says you guys had a demo in 2005. That's that's freaking 14 years ago, man. I know it's crazy. And and shout out to to that metal metal encyclopedia thing because I'm even like, how the f- did they get this info? Like, yeah, who's, who's digging who's digging that hard? You know. Uh, it's a great site, though. I'm, like, always blown away how accurate. Oh, it's insane. Obscure, like, the info gathering is there. So uh, You know you're legit when you're on there, and you're like, okay, we've done it. Yep, okay. Yeah, we got it. Yep. Some, some dude completely wasted, like, an hour or two hours of his time. It's got your contact you know. info on here, too. Yeah, and I don't even, I don't even know how. But, hey, hey, whoever... Whoever, if you're listening to this, if you've ever in any way, shape, or form updated the Tank Offense Metal Encyclopedia thing, uh, hats off to you. Keep doing all the good work. I like mean that at the bottom of my heart. It's great. It has your MySpace but, link. 
Okay, maybe we need to, maybe we need to update that one. <laughs> uh, shout out so to that, Tom that, from that, MySpace. That's my only critique. But uh, but yeah, that was you know if you listen to the if you somehow I don't even have the old 2005 demo. Or the CVHC demo. demo. Yeah. Um, so if you can hear that, if you listen to the band now and you listen to like keep an eye out you'll just start laughing immediately yeah you're like holy like whoa this is this has been a this has been a journey uh but i i gotta give uh a, a, like a big shout out and props and credit to a band that kind of pushed the direction for take events and not instead of doing hardcore punk start getting into the more thrash and crossover okay. realm and that was a local band at the time uh, is a band called PC Death Squad. Ooh, semi-controversial and band. Semi-controversial band, <laughs> but what was cool about them is there was you know older guys in the band, yeah. older dudes in our scene, but they at that time in San Diego there wasn't really like like a band, like a band like waving the flag. So there was a lot of like different styles, and still to this day. Uh, scenes don't really like interact or mesh with each other. Everyone's just kind of isolating and doesn't really, you know, oh, I don't want to play with them or shows are separate. I guess you could say that's kind of, that's how a lot of places are. Yeah. But at that at that time, you know, PC Death Squad came and they were playing, you know, just really fun, fast crossover thrash party you know, thrash, man. The, yeah, like hardcore influence, and it was great because remember I told you, you know, most of our first shows were were backyards. Yeah, or we played loading docks, tours, awesome. you know, all that kind of shit, total DIY punk stuff. And they were the band where you know they had Jackson guitars. They're doing dive bombs, and oh, yeah. that was the band that was it was fun and started putting me on an age and a lot of us on to like like oh hey now you're like oh i'm gonna check oh violence eternal nightmare you know yeah or like overkill or uh you know like dri thrash zone or, or stuff like that you yeah know, we start seeing a t-shirt seeing like an influence there and because we just loved it because it was like fast and hard and it was like super fun uh to go off to but yeah, that was the band, and we we played shows with them a lot. We actually did a, a split seven inch with them, uh, and that was like our first vinyl release. And we were all in high school. Oh, that's awesome! That was like, that was like the pinnacle, like of that somewhere where I was like, we're on a seven inch. Like that's such a huge deal if you're, if you're you know uh, in the punk scene or the hardcore scene. Like make getting a seven inch like that's like huge. So uh, yeah, that was the one where kind of right after that you start slowly you know we start listening to a lot of like crossover stuff we're listening to suicidal stuff we're listening to venice we're listening to a lot of the new york crossover stuff you know mm -hmm. you hear cause for alarm agnostic front but then you hear like nuclear assault you hear whiplash stuff like that yeah so all that starts like creep creeping in and 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 like slowly influencing the band, so that's that's kind of like a like a pivotal point where the band starts going in that direction. Where I could be like, oh hey, no, like I can, like I can, let me try a lead, let me try a solo, like let's let's do this. Shit. 
this is fun, you know. And once you, I mean, you start progressing and you get a note, like new technique down or throw, throw it in a song. Like I remember we were like, oh, shit, we just did tremolo picking in our song. Whoa. Like, yeah. You know, but, but compared to like the, you know, 2005 demo, we weren't doing that. But I mean, the story of what we're doing is, is nothing new. I mean, like you listen to the first DRI Dirty Rotten EP, you know, and then you listen to like fast forward the clock and then they're like hitting you with acid rain or something. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like a, I don't know, a tale as old as time, but it's just, I don't know. It's always, it just kind of works out that way, but you still always want to keep that fast, like aggressive, kind of loose, free, uh, hardcore punk, like mindset and mentality, like that never leaves you like ever. And, you know, when you, you, you could listen to keep an eye out and be like, Whoa, you, you hear groove and, you know, a lot more hooks, but you'll never be able to take like that element away from the band. Cause it's just like embedded in the DNA. At the end of the day, you always were hardcore and punk kids at the beginning. So no matter how much you, you know, turn into Heshers and maybe you'll go tour with freaking Testament next year, who knows? But, at the end of the day, you all always have those hardcore ethos. Yeah, and we're and we're we're proud of that. You know, we're not going to be a band that's going to like try to be like, oh, okay, we've been completely accepted, and, and now we're now we're total Heshers now, and now we're <laughs> going to completely completely act like we you know did not come through. It's like that, no way. Like that would just be like a. I mean, and most people would just see how you know ungenuine that is anyway. So. For sure. Yeah, there's no no reason to you know lie about anything. So, all right, man, I gotta ask you. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Greg Sirwanka from Take Offense. Uh, again, I gotta reiterate, you gotta come to this show. They're playing at the Vera Project in All Ages Space Sunday, January 26th with Higher Power. Uh, you can pick up their new record. Uh, keep an eye out; it's available. You can stream it anywhere. See what you're getting yourself into. Uh, it's available on Pure Noise Records. Again, uh, Greg from from Take Offense. Uh, you guys started the decade off with Tables Will Turn. Put out some EP, a single, another EP. You did three full lengths this past decade we're about to end the decade man uh what are a couple words or just one word to describe what the decade's been like for take offense oh man i wish i would have got this question uh prior to the <laughs> man one word one word bro uh stupid in the best way possible yes good stupid you know, yeah, it's it, it just, like, too dumb to quit because, I, I mean, don't know, like, what else, like, at the end of the day, like, what else are we going to fucking do, you know? You toured with Madball, Agnostic Front, you've done, like, what other, what are some other, like, uh, you know, bands you have to pinch yourself that you're out on tour with? You, I know you toured with Madball, Agnostic Front, what are some other heavy hitters? Uh, well, touring with, with Agnostic Front uh, was huge for us because that's, I mean, that's, probably my favorite hardcore band of all time yeah uh just like incredible and then getting to meet them and then actually become friends with them and then for them to actually like our band that's so I mean, killer that's like that's huge that's really all like you want uh you know touring with terror was always great yeah but then you know, getting to play shows you know with like negative which was always awesome yes 
you know, we got to play with, like we played shows with DRI. The last tour that we just did, that was with uh, Municipal Waste, Napalm Death, and Sick of It All. That's, I mean, that was probably one of like, that's that's such a That's such a, an incredible lineup. Oh, and yeah. just to, to be, to, you know, rip it every night with, with bands that you, you know, I was completely listening to when I was, was you know, young. All, all three bands, you know. And just to actually, you know, become friends with them. And, who and headlines play. on that tour? Who, who headlines that? Is that Sick of It All or is that Napalm Death? Oh no, it was it was uh, it was like a co-headliner. Like certain nights, Municipal Waste would headline, and okay. then certain nights, Napalm Napalm Death. I think, I think Waste headlined probably most of the shows, but Napalm Death headlined like quite a, quite a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, and like shout out to Barney from Napalm Death because he, you know, his ankle up or knee up, I think like the fifth show into the tour and he just was kind of like out on crutches and then he just did the entire tour just sitting in a chair and like, what a maniac did not sound at any different. Like the, the, like the intensity was the same constantly. So, and then, you know, seeing like that too. Uh, and also another cool thing too was we the first couple of days of that tour uh, we met up with uh, another tour package it was Voivod yes uh, Revocation I'm spacing on skeletal that, remains but, uh, yeah and uh, which I'm I'm wearing a skeletal remains long sleeve right now and and that is like huge shout out to skeletal remains for just being a fucking great death metal band. Oh yeah. Uh where I'm not 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 throwing any shade to, you know, other death metal bands, but I get to I go see Skeletal Remains. I, I don't feel like I'm watching like pretty much a jazz band at that point. Yeah. Or a computer. Called, you don't feel like you're watching a computer. Yeah, but I'm getting like everything I want out of death metal. Like I mean I'm getting like amazing guitar playing and I'm just it's great. Like that was such a great band, and those are our dudes. We clicked it off. Hopefully, we do some shit with each other next year. Hell yeah! Got a lot of mutual mutual respect and love uh, between both of our bands. Like so, I huge shout out to Skeletal Remains. That band is killer. Uh, if you have not heard Skeletal Remains, you know, please correct this grievous this uh, this mistake right now <laughs> that band that band's great hell so, yeah man uh but it was also kind of a challenge for us because it's one of those things where it's like well you're the hardcore well obviously now i mean you know we have we're this kind of hodgepodge of, like there's elements of like 80s 90s crossover thrash there's hardcore we have like a lot going on but then you go and you have to play with you know really you know musicians from like that are like at a really high caliber oh vo- i saw that voivod set was insane yeah those guys are yeah, are incredible musicians yeah yeah and it's so great because they like you just tell like they're loving every moment of it you know yeah. like they're just like just loving it but yeah so that makes you want to like step your game up like so much and a, a funny story about that tour is uh, our our drummer Joe he couldn't do the tour because he has like a, a real lockdown job back at home. Yeah. So we hit up our buddy 
Mitchell Reitman from uh, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And we had met, we knew him from uh, like a couple other bands that he was in. Uh, we had toured with before, and he was a big fan of the band. He's like killer drummer. So I sent him a set list, and I asked him, "Hey, if I fly you out here, you want to do this tour?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." So learns all the songs. Phenomenal drummer. Meets us up. We drive all the way to Dallas, so it's like a 20-hour drive right? yeah. to meet up with this tour, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get to the uh, the tour package, and both packages are combined, so it's like 12, 9, 10, 12-band 12 bill chaos, right? Yeah. And with those bands, the, the drum sets are fucking massive, you know, all that kind of stuff. Where so, do you set up? <laughs> so, uh, actually, if we have a band, the, the, I think, like, the whole uh like boy bottom revocation like the skeletal package yeah they were like hey you guys can use their back line you can use the drums and we're like all right cool so mitch is like all right word so mitch goes up there and he, you know he just walks up and the kid is like it's like two kick drums it's a million tom yep it's set up a lefty and he's just like dude i he's like i've never played one of these things and then it's funny because all those all them, all the drummers, those bands are like, "What do you mean you can't play this thing?" And I'm like, "Hey, my dude, my dude can drive a car. He can't fly a jet, you know. <laughs> like, he can't fly, a, can't fly a plane." Yeah. Uh, so we set up our drum set in front of there. So there were three drum sets on stage, <laughs> and uh, our singer AH like barely, I think he had maybe a foot of clearance from the kick drum to the yeah. front monitor. Uh, but Hey, we're professionals and, and made it, it work. Matter where you, where you put us, we'll make, we'll make it work. And, uh, it was great. And I, I think we definitely won, got, got respect from that camp for doing that too. They ended up, you know, had a broing down with everybody over it, but yeah. So but what I'm saying is that kind of makes you step your game up and go like, all right, I got to, like I gotta play at my best, like you know, because these dudes are like you're looking at them. You're like, man, it's like, all legends, know, practice, yeah. Yeah, like I I practice so much just to try to you know do some solos on the Keep an Eye Out record, and then you're watching you know these guys go up there and they're just absolutely ripping it. So you it definitely you can't get intimidated by it because then you'll watch a band like Sick of It All, and then they're straight up smoking everybody uh-huh. as far as the, the energy and you know uh running around it's like it's like a like sporting event when they're playing so uh it, it, it was a great tour to like kind of really like push us and do our best and welcome you know, back <laughs> yeah yeah welcome back so uh, yeah, so like I said, back to my, my one word. Very stupid. So Nice, dude. Uh, so you guys are coming back up to the Northwest here on your tour with Higher Power. Uh, Got to ask, man, what's your favorite Northwest bands of all time? Um, well, remember we were talking about those like bands from the early 90s from your area? No. Um, <laughs> favorite, favorite Northwest band? Uh Definitely, and I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna like open up a can of worms here because I don't know if like if there's some weird, like, don't you dare lump us in with Portland or Seattle thing. But Poison Idea is one of you know my favorite bands. They're incredible, man. We could just say Northwest, yeah, Northwest band. Yeah. Poison Idea, man. That's an iconic uh, punk and hardcore band. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely 
you know, one one of those bands uh, growing up and listening to them. And then also, too, seeing, like, the progression, too, and just, you know, like, Feel the Dark is one of just such an ill record. But even, like, the first you pick your cane, like, that's, that's definitely, like, up there as far as it. I remember when I was in high school, as far as hardcore goes from Seattle, uh, Brotherhood. Oh, yeah, R.I.P. Ron yeah. Gardapi. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Ron. And I remember my uh, friend... He was in tenth grade. I was in ninth grade, and he was a you know straight edge youth crew yep. dude. And I remember he showed me like and listen to Brotherhood. So uh, right there, I mean, like those two, like immediately are my like like stuff I love. So I was at uh, one of Ron's. Uh, I was at a Ron memorial, and there was uh, people were talking about how. Back in the late 80s, I think early 90s, they did a tour. It was uh, The Accused and Brotherhood, and they played over in Buffalo uh, with Cannibal Corpse, Accused, and Brotherhood. Imagine that show. That's that's such a, a wild lineup. Right? And it, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me because, uh, you know, uh, Scott Vogel from Terror, he's from Buffalo. Yeah. So he would, he would tell us stories like, yeah, I think I want to say – like the Goo Goo Dolls and Cannibal might have played the same show. Both on Metal Blade, yeah. They were both on Metal Blade, so like wrap wrap your head around that. (laughs) You know, so it it doesn't surprise me at all. But I would also absolutely love to be in a Cannibal Corpse Brotherhood pit. Oh my God, that'd be so hard. Like that's that's a... Two fans that I love right there is like absolutely put me in the mix of that. Like that sounds awesome, dude. Uh, so uh, going down to uh, last couple questions here. So we all know the big four of thrash. We got Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax. Uh, if we were to whittle down the big four of Greg Sirwanka's life, what's the what's Greg Sirwanka's big four? The Mount Rushmore of Greg Sirwanka, if we will. Of of just all time, just everything. Music. Music. Um, four. So f- pick four. Pick four. Fuck. Uh, this is a toughie. Toughie. Uh, man, this is so hard. Uh, let's let's put two Bs. Let's put uh, let's put Bad Brains. This is not, and don't even try to have me put this in the order i don't believe no in putting i can't do that shit hey no worries uh, this, this is gonna be this is gonna be an extended interview if you want that shit uh i gotta <laughs> probably put that i probably gotta put bad brains okay absolutely i'll put i'll put black sabbath okay there's two. Oh god um man that's so difficult holy shit um You're gonna have to put Slayer in there. Okay, there's three. I mean, that's three. I probably put Gothic Front in there. All right, man. What? So what is that? Is it Bad Brains, uh, Slayer? What was the second Sabbath. one? Sabbath. Sabbath. Sabbath and Gothic Front. Now that's a lineup, dude. Yes. That's a that's a lineup, but I mean, but that's. A, I also feel like, man, there's probably like something else, right? Well, whatever that that just came on the spot. So, there you go, you man. Know. Hey, man, I'm putting you on the spot here, so whatever comes naturally, I, dude. 
I absolutely could live with that too. Like I, I could totally live with yeah, with just no all sh- the records from from those bands. They're all iconic, man. So um, <clears throat> we uh, we got to get going here in a moment because uh, you were going on like an hour with you, dude. I don't, I know it's getting kind of late here. You got to get up to do some uh, construction, man. So uh, quick question: Pick a scar on your body, Greg, and tell us the story of how you got that scar, man. Okay, so I have. I like how I can answer this one, Matt, quick, but there is, like, a mark right above my lip, and it was at a, it was a show at uh, Chain Reaction in Anaheim, California. Oh, yeah. It was uh, this one band, Internal Affairs, it was their last show, and Uh uh, it was packed, packed, packed hardcore shows, absolutely, in one of those. Uh, pit to survive situation. Uh-oh. So I terror was playing, and they just were like, hey, we're just going to play the first record low to the low Perfect. all the way through. Yeah. Um, definitely going going as hard as I can, and I eventually just wake up in the bathroom, and I'm like, wow, did I get here? And my uh, ex at the time was like, no, you, you walked out like pushed everyone away from you and you just like walked straight to the bathroom. I was like, Oh, like some time traveling thing. And then I realized that I had a hole like in the top part of like my upper lip. Cause when I went to oh my God. the meeting, so I just was, I was actually like shooting water out of the hole, <laughs> Brutal. you know, through it. And I just rinsed, I just rinsed off and then just like went, went back into it. So, Quick, quick, quick one. No, 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 uh, no possible infection coming that way. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, I mean, just spirit of hardcore, man. Everything was going to be okay. Just, uh, you know, at that point, you just, you just keep going. Just go harder. Hell yeah, man. All right. You got the scar on your face to prove it, dude. Internal Affairs. That was a sick band, by the way. They, they were always gnarly. And that guy, the singer, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corey. Corey. He liked to punch people in the face. I remember at Sound of Fury, he punched uh, this guy in the face who was singing along. <laughs> yeah, Corey. Uh, shout out to Corey. He's out in, uh, I think he's upstate. He's a motorcycle mechanic, and uh, he has a... Uh, you got a baby boy, got a family going. Hell yeah. So, but uh, I would definitely want to still get, I definitely still would love to see internal affairs and would absolutely love to get punched in the face. But I'm actually, no, because it's, it's an honor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I already got punched in the face on him before, but uh, yeah, probably not anymore because, uh, yeah, you know, that whole insurance situation now. Hey, absolutely. That, 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 You'd have to have a go, uh, go yeah. fund me. Yeah, I have a, a go funny, which which he would probably see that and then punch you even harder, <laughs> which he should. Yes, absolutely, man. So, so uh, again, this is Greg Serwanka from Take Offense. You can come check them out in Seattle uh, playing Vera Project, all ages venue, Sunday, January 26th with Higher Power. Uh, before we go, man, any final words for the uh, Northwest audience before we go see you on January 26th? Uh. Be great for you to come out. I think the last time we played Vera Project was ooh, that might have been 2015. I believe we played it with Turnstile. Uh, it was always great. Always like playing up northwest. Uh, Rainfest was always a good time. Always remember we played there. Yeah. Uh, God, what was the? I'm spacing on. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm a jerk for not remembering their name. But uh, no, it's always been a great scene. Always been cool. Had a lot of great times in Seattle. Uh, it's been a while since we played there. Stoked to be playing the Vera Project. 
uh, always, you know, go out of your way to support an all-ages venue. I think that's the one that's on a campus, right? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Seattle Center, yeah. So it's like right by yeah. the Space Needle, yep. Yeah, so places like that are important. So, you know, always go out, try to watch shows there because, you know, places that are smaller that have to uh, work a little harder and might not have, you know, some of the income or revenue or, uh, you know, bigger budgets – it's it's harder to be a venue and, and to stay open. So I'm glad to see that they're still going because that's uh, never guaranteed with a, a DIY all ages place. So uh, I'm glad that the show is there. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to play. It's been a long time coming. All right, man. Here you heard it from the man himself. This is Greg Serwanka. We'll see you on January 26, man. Thank you so much, man. Uh, first ever radio interview. So it was an honor and uh, loved it. Hell yeah, dude. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.